One of the hardest things about surviving through the challenges of life, when life be life in, is combating the way in which we think about our experiences. And as two women who have lived through the challenges of poverty and went to college and have gone through really understanding the weight of our childhood and some of the experiences that we had, we wanted to have a conversation centered on the scarcity mindset. And here at Broke Black Bougie, we don't feed into the narratives that poverty is a mindset. We believe that poverty is a policy choice and the experiences that people have within scarcity shape their outcomes and definitely do shape um, how they're able to see it through, right? Going from surviving to thriving is not an easy feat. And as we enter into a new year, it's important to process understanding scarcity mindset causes and how to overcome it. We are not licensed mental health professionals. We will be engaging though with mental health professionals in the future for this podcast. But we wanted to have this conversation because Talking about limited resources and limited access is something that many people can resonate with. So we're going to talk about the mindset, what it is, causes, how to overcome it, and some things to think about as we navigate through unpacking, rewind our upbringing and experiences. So without further ado, we would like to welcome you all to another episode of the Broke Black Bougie podcast where we create candid conversations for Black women. And it's relatable because we've all been there. Women having to make it on less than our worth. We do it while setting trends, spreading Black assness, and ultimately busting our tails to live our best life. Let's get into the politicking segment all about scarcity. Before we hop into today's politics segment, just want to touch base to see how are you? How are you? Good, you. <laughs> you said it so quick, it really disturbed me. You said it quick and loud and loud and quick. Um, I'm doing pretty fine, pretty fine. I um, am inspired by the snow. You know, and normally I don't like the cold. We hate the snow. I do. I do. I do. Um, but there's something about not seeing snow for a very long time and then seeing it that feels magical. So I've been out kicking, jumping with my boots, feeling like SpongeBob and shit like that. You know, been feeling a little cold out here in Bikini Bottom. Are you just going to blink at me? Yeah, that moment, yes. <laughs> I didn't have any else, anything else to say. The old man in me comes out when he wants to, Uncle Bobby. All right, so I think we could just hop in. Today's conversation is pretty much going to be centered around scarcity as we're going to be politicking today. And this is basically based on a article that I had came across on the website Choosing Therapy. So for those who may not be familiar with Choosing Therapy, 
It is actually a mental health resource and a place in which you can go to learn about therapy and search for therapists based on insurance, specialty, and availability. They also have different topics you can touch upon from mental health issues, relationships, wellness, therapy, medication, mind, mental health, learn more about the company. And no, we are not sponsored by Choosing Therapy. This is just a article that we came across that I felt like, yo, this would be really dope and useful to the Broke Black Bougie community. So I want to take a moment to read through this article and then unpack some of the real life experiences that we've seen within scarcity and how it has impacted our community, ourselves, people we are closest to, and talk about processing understanding what it's like to be black in scarcity. So this article was written by Joyce Marter LCPC and Heidi Mawad MD and it was published March 24th of 2023. Scarcity mindset, what it is, causes, and how to overcome it. A scarcity mindset is characterized by a belief that one has limited resources or is unable to provide for themselves or others. This unhealthy mentality can lead to intense feelings of anxiety, which can cause significant problems in one's life. A scarcity mindset may develop as a result of financial trauma, poverty, or societal expectations. So what is a scarcity mindset? It is a mindset, right, an outlook on life that focuses on the lack of resources, which must be conserved and used strategically. Thus, they are likely to become extremely possessive of their belongings and experience signs of money anxiety. In contrast, an abundance mindset is an attitude of optimism that concludes there is enough of everything to go around. Below are signs of a scarcity mindset. So waiting to pay bills until the last minute. People with a scarcity mindset often wait to pay their bills until the last minute because they are afraid of running out of money. They may have a general belief that there is not enough money to go around and if they spend their money now, they won't have enough to cover their needs later. Overscheduling yourself. Those with a scarcity mindset may feel as though there are not enough hours in the day to take advantage of all the chances that come their way. So they try to squeeze as much as possible into their schedule. This can lead to overscheduling, overwhelm, and stress. Fear of loss. People with scarcity mindsets often have a fear of losing what they have, whether it's money, resources, relationships, or opportunities. This fear can lead to a lack of trust in others and an unwillingness to take risks to achieve success. Overly self-reliant. Individuals with a scarcity mentality are often overly self-reliant, believing that they can only depend on themselves to get what they need. This can lead to feelings of loneliness and isolation, fear of failure. People with a scarcity mindset are overly concerned about failure, believing that if they fail, they won't have enough resources to try again. This can become a self-fulfilling prophecy as they take self-defeating actions, such as no longer making an effort because of their fear of failure. Perfectionism. Those with a scarcity mindset are often perfectionists, believing that anything less than perfect isn't good. This can lead to procrastination and a fear of taking risks, as well as an inability to see the bigger 
picture, rushing to make decisions. A scarcity mentality can result in one making decisions without considering the long-term implications of their choices. Impulsivity can prevent them from making the most of their opportunities. They said, keep reading for the causes of scarcity, which they know as history of poverty, stating that people who live in poverty are more likely to have a scarcity mentality. And it often carries a sense of insecurity, a lack of resources such as money, time, and energy can lead to feelings of deprivation, homelessness, and fear, hopelessness, excuse me, and fear. When people are unable to access what they need to survive and thrive, it can be difficult to maintain a sense of optimism and hope. You can't overlook the impact of poverty on mental health. Financial trauma. Financial trauma can come from many different sources, such as job loss, unexpected medical bills, or financial hardships. Those who have experienced financial trauma may become focused on immediate needs and become consumed with the idea that resources are limited. They may become fixated on saving money, even to the point of avoiding spending on necessary items or activities. Dieting. Dieting can sometimes lead to a scarcity mindset and can have a detrimental impact on both the physical and mental health. A person may focus on foods that are restricted rather than the foods that are allowed. This can lead to a mindset of scarcity as a person may feel as if they are constantly deprived of the foods that they enjoy. Worries about the future. Worrying about the future creates a fear of the unknown. Constantly focusing on the future rather than the present can make a person feel a need to invest in what's ahead of them in preparation. Unrealistic view of the world. When somebody has an unrealistic view of the world, they often overlook the abundance of resources and opportunities that are available to them. Instead, they focus on the obstacles that prevent them from achieving desired outcomes. This may feel the need to, this may make them feel the need to fight for what they want possibly resulting in them becoming overly competitive. And lastly, societal expectations. When it comes to the concept of scarcity, societal expectations can be especially influential in how a person perceives the availability of resources. Socially enforced beliefs such as those related to one's appearance, career, and wealth can make people feel a constant need to strive for more in order to be accepted. Now, there's a lot of things that they make note of. I'm telling you, this is an extensive article, which we are going to link in the description box. But in terms of identifying the impacts of a scarcity mindset, they related to poor financial decisions, hoarding, maladaptive behaviors, mental health conditions, right? Um, low self-esteem, impaired decision-making. And there's so many different resources that they provide for those to overcome a scarcity mindset, which we will be revealing at the end of this episode. So with that being said, I want to ask you, Toya, what are your thoughts about the way in which they identified the scarcity mindset before we go into talking about the ways in which we've seen it show up in our lives? Scarcity creates a debilitating fear. And with that fear, sometimes can create someone to be in a paralyzed state. Mm. When it comes to individuals having money to pay for a bill 
but getting down to the very end to pay at the last minute, mm-hmm. it is almost anticipation of something not going as planned. Yeah. It's heartfelt. When you have, I'm just gonna call it a spade a spade. Poverty is a system that's been in place for quite some time. Yep. And it's benefited certain individuals. Okay? When we look at the things that has transpired from years at end, with a lot of the things we've seen in the news, sometimes even being in our own cities, seeing what exists in communities, in specific communities, it's a continuation from one generation to, to, to another that has not truly been addressed the way that it should be addressed to help individuals come out of these situations. So when scarcity is in place, when it, has, when it comes down to food, when it comes down to getting um, resources for, for housing, when it comes to resources for, even when it comes to resources for mental health services, mm-hmm. there's a cost for that. And not everybody can afford those costs. And yet, you know, we can sit here and we can say that there are services benefited to individuals who may need it, but it's like, okay, if we don't necessarily realize that these are domino effects of somebody's living situation, and we have to address what they're dealing with on a consistent basis, we're not able to get to the healing process until we address those core issues. And those core issues affect black individuals black bodies more than any other counterparts when it comes to health when it comes to jobs when it comes to housing when it comes to education all those things affect us at a different percentage than our counterparts and a lot of times when i look at from the healthcare perspective when we are looking at individuals who are getting the necessities that they need when it comes to the essential things they need for making sure they live in a healthy lifestyle we fall below those who are our counterparts mm-hmm. when it comes to diseases like heart disease cancer when it comes to breast cancer when it comes to um um high blood pressure and it's also based upon our diet yeah because a lot was was surrounding our communities are fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we get those. Rarely do we get uh, grocery stores that provides fresh produce. So when you're living in scarcity, you're gonna go to the quickest fast food restaurant to you fuel you. More bang for your buck, yes. but it's not the healthiest. Exactly. Mm. And at that moment, as a mother or a father or a grandparent or an aunt that's taking care of their their children along with some other relatives' children, mm-hmm. they're going to make sure that everybody in that household eats. Yeah. And it may be that, that, that burger and fries that is going to fill that baby up before that baby goes to bed. Because they don't have the other means to no. access something that will stretch further. Exactly. You know, I had a um, professor, not a professor... A teacher in high school who thought that they were very down with the community. And they would often say things that were extremely rooted in anti-blackness. And her being a white woman, also married to a sheriff, 
her perception about blackness was extremely like skewed, mm-hmm. you know. And one day she made a post that um, was like, "Yo, you you don't get the right to talk about what's happening." And I jumped under her post and I was like, "I actually think this is not accurate," and I blocked her. I blocked her because when it comes to us talking about the way in which we view scarcity, especially in our community, people don't look at scarcity as something that is conditioned. People don't look at scarcity as something that is manufactured. So when I'm reading these experiences, um, I think that the authors do a great job in talking about the way in which like scarcity in our experiences tend to show up. But I think they also could do a a bit more digging, right? When we talk about um, scarcity and how people buy things, it's also how people don't buy things, right? Like it's how people hold on to stuff that they feel like they can never replace, or they may reach a certain point where they are making more than enough to have stability and somehow, some way, they're still operating as if they don't have anything at all. They're not hoarding money, you know, they're just not knowing how to properly manage it, which affects their financial wellness, you know. And we also have to talk about the way in which those who experience scarcity as a result of other people who are in more scarce conditions than them. And it strips them of the ability to be able to focus on the things that help them build. You know, if you are a single black woman and um, you're a first generation college student, and this is something that Michelle Obama uh, spoke about, like how college students can't build for themselves because they're reaching out before they have that foundation. And so you have people who have some pillars of they're they're making it, but they ain't made it yet. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to reach back. And we've seen this experience within our own. Um, But you're making a, a certain amount of money a year, damn near six figures, but you want E. You living paycheck to paycheck. You trying to take care of seven other people. And when you don't, it's a whole bunch of chatter about how you're selfish or you're not taking care of things or, you know, you're not a a family person. When really you are, you're just not stable enough to help to enable Mm -hmm. or help people just get by. It's about getting over, which I want to say shout out to Inspector Deck because... Niggas really can't just get by no more. We have to be able to get older, uh, over, excuse me, and older too, shoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But scarcity is something that prevents us from being able to evolve the way we need because at any given point of our lives, especially if you don't live in scarcity for a long time, you fighting through scarcity every day. It's the difference between you buying that $40 umbrella and that umbrella, that's $2. Yeah. Or if you even going to buy an umbrella at all. all. <laughs> you know, just going to thug it out with a plastic bag. Okay. Over the head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I had to think about that, what you were just talking about. How many times have we seen individuals taking care of a whole generation and another generation of family members? Mm. Often. 
often. Especially in our community. Yeah. And in our community, it is something that is normalized. Yes, it is. Like, we normalize money going from the child to the grandparent to the aunts to the parent. Even when they don't have enough substantively to give that back. You know? And they can't build for themselves. And this well is supposed to keep going that way. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Right. It's 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 the children fixing the adults' problems. problems. And then when they become adults as adult children, they're still fixing the problems of scarcity. But they can never really get to where they need to if they're always trying to fix a pipe that needs to be completely demolished. It needs to start over. Yeah. And that's where where the policies come into play. Yeah. Because there shouldn't be a reason as to why this is continually, continually happening. There needs to be more infrastructure for people who are in poverty. Yes. Right? And so the burden of dealing with folks who intergenerationally have to pick up the pieces or gaps or are forced and conditioned to a lot of the conversations that we've had on broke black bougie people have asked you know is it that you don't support um giving back to you know your family or helping folks out i've never said that i've always said i don't have a problem with helping a loved one out my issue is people who feel like you supposed to live in poverty and go completely broke and no one helps you when you're on E. Mm-hmm. And I know this to be true because I've seen it happen with my sister Latoya. I've seen it happen with myself, you know, and those type of strains when you're in so deep, it shackles you in a way where instead of being breaking through scarcity, you are a living manifestation of the next generation of it. I'll put it to you this way. Like they discussed in the, in the article. Yes. It's a always, it's, it's always a constant worry. Yes. You know, you've been blessed enough to make the money that you've made through the positions you've held. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, it's always a, a fear in the back of your mind. Absolutely. About going broke. Oh, absolutely. I have also made a substantial amount of money in my field, Mm -hmm. in my career. But yet there's always in the back of my head a fear of scarcity. Mm -hmm. To the point where you don't want to even splurge on yourself to do something for you because you feel guilty to doing that. Like, that money could have went to a bill. Mm -hmm. That money could have went to a textbook that I needed. Mm-hmm. That money, and, and, I, and it's not to say that it's like you competing with the money that you have exactly or, yeah it's almost as if you've done everything wrong mm, mm. yep knowing damn well you've done everything right to have you extra cash to do as you please but some of the the emotions that we felt weren't even our own emotions no Right? They were emotions that were projected onto us. Yes. And when you experience scarcity, I have to be honest, when you're in a scarcity um, filled environment, not everyone has the right mindset nor mental health resources to not show up in ways that are harmful. Mm -hmm. And so the projections that happen pour onto you. Where you do have those fears. It pours on to you because somebody else telling you, oh, you know, my money ain't going to last long. It ain't going to be like, you know, you ain't rich, da 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 And it's like, motherfucker, hello, motherfucker. 
motherfucker. You know, it's like, at the end of the day, we have to be able to talk numbers. We have to be able to talk transparency. And sometimes we don't have to talk shit at all. Because you don't need to know what's in my pockets. But the assumptions that are made... It's crazy. It is crazy. And people don't understand how scarcity really does impact the way you interact with others or you try to navigate through through it. You know, there's no reason why a child um, who is in their early 20s, and I'm going to call it a child because most people who are in their early 20s do not have stability. Most people in their later 20s don't even have stability. And when you turn 30... It's not completely figured out. We live in a very different world. But there should be no reason why a 20 or a 21-year-old is taking on a household of uh, four adults and having to be the person who is overly sacrificing when the adults are not the ones who are helping that particular child you know, or adult child being able to evolve. It's a cycle where the generational burdens tend to overburden the next generation. It's more than one generation that's creating that burden. Absolutely. So when I see individuals who are in a place of what we would consider financially well off, there is a sense of responsibility that sometimes people don't recognize they place on us mm-hmm. to help. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with making sure family is good. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But when you are trying to find your footing, your footprint within this world, you can't have multiple generations within your pocket, let alone you have institutions looking for money because you're paying now for school. Mm-hmm. You have a job. But now you got other bills because you have your own place. You got your own business. You your can't own even fund it to your own business the way you because, because that's now, the issue. Now you're replenishing back to those who already live their lives. Right. You know? And and I, I think this is the thing, right? You can help people. Yes. But if you're helping people and you end up in a place of scarcity. Because you didn't put your own mask on first. Because you didn't make sure you were able to take care of your own needs. Mm -hmm. That is the issue. Mm -hmm. Operating beyond your financial capacity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which for black people, you know, that's something that we've been conditioned to do within our own families. Right. And the financial conditions of black people, and in particular those within black American families... The condition of our family structures and our lack of access is not our own fault. No, it's not. You know, you can rewind this all the way back to the Freedmen's Bureau. And when the Freedmen's Bureau collapsed, they were telling freedmen to figure it out for themselves. And then blamed them for wanting assistance when this borough was supposed to provide them with the, the, the assistance to have level footing. And throughout generations, that same rhetoric has been used to tell Black American people that this is a problem that is your fault. No. And it's not. Think about it. You know, and I love to, I love to talk about special field order number 15 because that was a, one of the most 
positive, right, race-based policies the U.S. had ever seen. But it didn't have the backing of Congress. It was a military order. And essentially, it was supposed to ensure that those who made it through, right, enslavement at the cutoff, that they were given the land they worked. Mm -hmm. And that these were supposed to be homogenous black communities. And the only time a white person was supposed to be present, if they were serving to help them learn how to man their land and protect these black communities. Mm -hmm. It was in the truest sense a reparation based order. Mm -hmm. And so when that was stripped, when the Freedmen's Bureau wasn't operating the way that it needed to, right? When we have generations of uh, black Americans whose family were once capital to this country, built this country, and they still don't have the resources. The impact of why our relationship with money is so fragile is because the relationship we had to being capital as black bodies being capital. And so now in our families, there's all of this fragility and people are confused. And for those who do face scarcity, it's not just an easy, well, make more money. You have to be able to be a good steward of the money that you make. Mm -hmm. Can you manage that money well? Are you invested? You know, are you investing later than you should be? You know, I mean, there's really no one way to to invest, but I'm just saying, like, are you playing catch up? You know, um, how many people are you taking care of? Are you single and taking care of yourself? Or are you an individual who is taking care of, like we said, generations? Do you have children? Are you someone who is supported? Do you have a partner in your life? You know, um, do you have a community of people that you can lean on? Scarcity in our community is so multifaceted. It is. Yeah, it is. And it's not just, you know, specific to us because even in black immigrant communities, there are multiple layers of intergenerations of families living together, money challenges, Mm -hmm. you know, and also people carrying the burden that is not theirs. Right. You know, so it's not to say that you don't help. But there's a way in which we can maneuver to ensure that we're helping in a healthy way for us. Because we are on a sinking boat. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of us got to get to shore to help the others. Because if not, we're going to all drown. We're all going to drown. You know what I'm saying? We're all going to 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 be struggling, and it's a way it's the way in which we process it. But since we're already here, I think it would be good to segue into different ways in which we we've seen seen this a little bit more deeply, um, and talk about like how did we know scarcity was something we were struggling with, or seeing other people struggle with it. Oh, jeez. Um. I think when when you mentioned earlier about the fear of parting ways with something that is no longer useful. Mm, yeah. That could be anything. Mm-hmm. And the mindset of feeling like if I get rid of this, I don't 
I'm not going to have anything to help replace it. Right. And yet, I've seen within our intermediate family how there's been so much of things that can be really let go, but has not. Yep. Because of a worry about, okay, I can't, I can't pay for this right now because I got this bill. Or I just don't got it. Or it's some money associated with this. It's some money associated with the issue as to why it cannot be addressed. Or they're holding on to it because they're like, I think I could get some money for this, baby. That that thing ain't worth about about one cent. No, 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 no. no. It done. It done. done Played this course. Yes, yes, yes. That thing done tired out. It's like a like a um, an old shoe. It's like a guitar that ain't got no strings no more. (laughs) Yeah, you know. It's okay. Some things need to be replaced. Some things need to be replaced. And sometimes it's meant for you to replace it, but yet to be stuck in your own head with things to think that it's it's never going to be, that can be crippling in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been so many times where we've we've seen as children, not really putting two and two together, but understanding that something is wrong. When you know somebody just got paid, paid whatever bills that was needed, Right? Mm-hmm. Had a decent meal that week, and all of a sudden, not even a few days later, we're back at the same situation we're dealing with a few weeks before the payment. So now we're kind of thinking like, okay, so what just happened? And as a kid, I would always ask mom. I think mom got annoyed with me after asking her for the fifteen million time. Is he broke? <laughs> What's yeah, happening? We talked about that in okay? an earlier episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> As a kid, you just you being just curious. Be like, Yo, we're shut with kid, the money. You just, you just being curious because, <laughs> right. for one, you're seeing the same exact situation happen. Fast forward as an as adult as as adult children, excuse mm-hmm. me. And it's like, okay, so as a kid, I saw that got paid, took care of whatever you had to take care of, had a decent meal, few things in the household, and then not even a few days back broke and mm. as a kid i'm i'm, I'm asking because i'm curious because i don't know hey it's broke what's happening what's same same fast forward and now same exact routine yeah yeah and after a while i'm like okay so now that i'm an adult i have res- uh, uh responsibilities that i'm understanding that there's bills you're a homeowner homeowner, all these all this other stuff but yet i'm still able to manage and budget myself to an extent Mm -hmm. okay and i'm like something is not something is not adding up it's not making sense to me and i think the reason for that is because we've always been very transparent on here but in reflecting on understanding how our parents have shown up or not shown up at the root of the scarcity that we saw in our family dynamic was because one of our parents were terrible with money. And yeah, rather than have a discussion and be open about and finances. Be open about and, finances. Yeah. It's always been shut off. It's always been secluded. But yet if you're not in a household with your daughter to help with the expenses of a household. You have to you communicate. Have to have a, you have to have a discussion about what needs to be paid. How can we budget with groceries and mm-hmm. other necessities that we need in this household? You shouldn't find out 
when something is cut off, mm-hmm. you know, and that bill is in that particular person's name. Or there's a threat for it to be cut off. <laughs> or is there's a threat for it to be cut off, you know, like not properly taking care of things leads to more issues within a household. Mm-hmm. When you're living with somebody, you have to be able to live and function with them. Mm-hmm. You have to have conversations about what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And as a man within the household, it's important for you to communicate. And can we also just say, too, it's nothing wrong with having a discussion with those who you may owe money to. And that may be our GE. <laughs> That's what we call our electricity spot up here in upstate New York. <laughs> or National can, Grid. Yeah, you know. In or other parts of New York. it could be... Um, you know your internet services. Mm-hmm. It could be it could be um, 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 alarm system stuff. You know, <laughs> and yet if things are falling behind, to say hey, reaching out to these companies to say hey, this is just what's going so that on. you are aware, mm-hmm. I won't have the payment on the due date. Can we extend it to this date? That's when I get paid. Financial hardships are common, mm-hmm. but I think for people who experience it in scarcity, they're way too frequent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to the point where people can't even make ends meet or even get to an end Mm -hmm. because they're constantly chasing for survival. It's Mm -hmm. like you're in a hamster race, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're trying to get to stability, but you don't really necessarily have it. Right. They're shackles. And... The most challenging thing that, you know, like, like you're bringing up what you've witnessed... It's the same thing. I've operated in the same way, but um, the absence of conversation, the fear, the isolation, the um, lack of transparency, uh, the way in which it becomes forced family responsibility, you know, all of those challenges are hard Mm -hmm. to navigate through. But all this stems from that scarcity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we only... You know, we, excuse me, we have not only seen it in our intermediate family, we've and seen extended. it in extended families as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's eye-opening that everybody is dealing with the same exact beast. Mm, call it a beast because that's what it is. Because there's no way we're shaking this at this moment. But you can No, you I know, know that. Because but... po- policy needs to be in place to address the situation that is affecting so many within our community. Absolutely, policy needs to be in place. And I agree 1,000%. I also think there's a conversation that needs to be had about working together and together apart. You know, yes, I, I quote, quote, uh, quote, 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 uh, in different parts of my life. You know, I've even quoted Cole, uh, quoted Cole, this is kicking my ass, in um, academic settings as well. But there, there has to be a conversation about creating solutions. People can't just budget their way out of no. scarcity. No. Um, especially if they need to be able to make more. Right. Mm-hmm. And once folks make more this lifestyle creep shit that often happens with folks, especially those who've never really had more than not. We need to talk about solutions that exist 
beyond just financial literacy. There was uh, an episode that I was watching of Tone Talks with JT, the pocket watcher. And they were talking about Invest Fest and what the events that happened on that day meant for the Black community. One of the things that they uplifted was that when we talk about what our community needs are, it's beyond financial literacy. There has to be some type of policy implications to eradicate poverty or eradicate um, the wealth, uh, uh, the racial wealth chasm, right? Because you can be a doctor and make a lot of money that's still not closing the racial wealth chasm. Not even a quarter you know? of it. I can uh, go off and own three businesses and still that won't be enough to close the racial wealth chasm. It has to be beneficial for the individual as well as the collective. And when you think about that too, that's where these other factors come in when it comes to mental health. Yes. You know, when it comes to making sure that individuals who are going to college, that they're not in severe debt. Yes. You know? (laughs) That debt sentence is something else. it's 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 crippling. Yeah, because no matter how much you know, you think about it. If you're in a situation where you're not able to get a job within that first six to six to twelve months, you know already the interest from when you were in school has already accrued, it's and now already, the principal, yeah. and now you have to like all this stuff plays a factor into that. And then going back to school to get more opportunities seems even more stressful yeah. because there are people who don't have mm-hmm. college degrees who are flourishing. So I am a firm believer that when we begin to access more of higher education, the cost of higher education became something that they decided to capitalize on because they knew that they could make money, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the way capitalism and education and credentialism works is foolishness. Very it's much foolishness so. nowadays so. because we're in a cycle of debt and we're in a cycle of limited access, not being paid our worth, mm-hmm. being overworked, underserved, underpaid, and it leads us right back into a space where we're in survival. And when you stated about credentialism, when you think about individuals who have a trade, you can make money with with the, with the trade. Yes. I don't think that's pushed or it has not been pushed enough for our for our for our young children to Absolutely understand not. that. Listen. College ain't for everybody. It's Period not. point blank. It's not. Yeah. Period point blank. That does not mean that you are not qualified to do something else that's going to fit your needs and something that you love and make millions off of. You can do it. Trade, to have a trade, be able to have your own business with that trade, and then build upon that, it's not pushed enough. It's not pushed enough, but there's a reason for that, of right? Course. It's Of course it is. The lack of information that exists. Sometimes it's intentional, but people would say, you know, there's all of this social media and stuff you can access in which you can receive that information. But there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens. Oh, Lord. You know, and like Cat Williams said, clearly, y'all keeping these gates, clearly. (laughs) What more do you want? Do you like me now? It kind of goes back to what Pac was talking about. 
Absolutely. We are hungry. Please let us in. We, we are hungry. hungry please let us in. We hungry. We need some food. food. You know, and then eventually. Wow, you're going to like pick it through the door. No, hey. I'm picking through the lock, coming through the door, blasting. Thank that's you. what he said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that you. is the tone Thank in which you. he said that. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, yes he did. did. Yes, but it just. There's a gatekeeper. There is a gatekeeper, and it's a reminder of how we look at scarcity. Because scarcity will always exist because it's profitable. But I think for those who experience scarcity, it's important for them to envision a world where it doesn't exist. Exactly. And it's hard for folks to believe that when they've consistently seen this the same things. It's hard for them to believe that they're worthy of what it is that they desire because they keep seeing the world playing them small. Mm-hmm. You know, and so at a certain point, operating in abundance is so needed. I remember crying before graduating with my master's, I remember being in community at my professor's home. Mm-hmm. And um, I was crying so much because I was like, I'm very fearful because I don't want to experience poverty again. I was breaking down. And somehow that got back to a lot of the other professors and like, oh, I heard you cried. And I was just like, yeah, I did because it was very emotional for me because I was reflecting on a lot, even as I was navigating through something like a master's, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and understanding that a college degree doesn't necessarily bring you Mm -hmm. all of the fruits of the world, you know? So there was a lot for me to process, but there was a lot that I was processing Mm -hmm. in my life. And when I think about that, I was in a space where I didn't know. The only thing I knew was that when I graduated with my bachelor's, it was hell on earth for me. I do remember that, yes. So I didn't want to experience that in my master's Mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. And damn sure didn't want to experience that in my doctoral journey, which has been a unique experience within itself. (laughs) Yes, it has. Yes, it has. So scarcity is a lot. But I do want to take some time to reflect upon some of the solutions that they discuss within the article on how people can be able to navigate through scarcity. So we're going to make sure that we share this article within the episode description for those who desire to access it. And let's just get into what they say. Seven tips for overcoming a scarcity mindset. Number one, they said practice gratitude. When we practice gratitude, we focus on things we are grateful for and recognize that we have enough. One way to do so is to write down three things each day that you are thankful for. This can be anything from a cup of tea to a beautiful view to meaningful relationship. Be specific and include details why you are grateful for this aspect of your life. Doing so, you can shift the focus away from scarcity towards abundance. Two, consider therapy. A scarcity mindset can be incredibly destructive force in life, a destructive force in life. It can lead to feelings of hopelessness, despair, and a sense of being stuck in an unending cycle of negative thinking. However, you can learn to overcome a scarcity mindset and adopt a mindset of abundance that will open up a world of possibilities. Making this change on your own can be difficult, so consider seeking a therapist to help you deal with your scarcity mindset. The benefits of therapy are many, and finding the right therapist can be done by using an online therapist directory, seeking a doctor's recommendation, or asking for a family referral. Three, seek support from loved ones, okay? Okay. 
And I think this is very important, but I think it should come with an asterisk, right? Loved ones that you trust. Yes. Loved ones that you are safe with. Because not everyone has loved ones that they can be able to lean on. Yes. Especially if they come from an estranged family dynamic. Yes. Four, manage your finances. The first step to manage your finances is to track your spending. Uh, yes, that is very important. Writing down all of your expenses, both necessary and discretionary, will give you a clear picture of where your money is going. I think what what, what this really should say is make a little bit more. Make a lot more, okay? Five, stay physically active. There are many benefits of exercise for mental health. It's been proven to reduce stress levels, improve mood, and increase self-confidence. It can also help you break out of a cycle of negative thinking that comes with a scarcity mindset. Physical activity encourages you to focus on the present moment rather than worrying about the future. Six, meditate. Meditating can help you recognize your feelings and embrace them without judgment. This allows you to cultivate a sense of acceptance and compassion, which can be difficult when Stuck in a scarcity mindset. By meditating, you can begin to understand why you are feeling so anxious. This can help you make better conscious decisions about how you want to move forward. Seven, reframe your thinking and gain control. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, think about what you do have and how you can use it to create something better. To reframe your thinking, acknowledge the thoughts that are causing you to think in scarcity without judgment or criticism. Ask yourself if these are true. And if the evidence supports them, if not, question why you are having these thoughts in the first place. It's a lot to think about as we think about how they discuss navigating through a scarcity mindset. Do you have any final thoughts? Hell, you can try to say you want to think positive. It's nothing wrong thinking positive. But sometimes you ask me so angry. <laughs> Break them. <laughs> but you, you really do. You be angry sometimes. Yes. And it's like, okay, but... <laughs> like this should not be happening right this should not be a continuation of what I've seen from my parents 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 you get what I'm saying absolutely not but I also think that there should be a a eighth part of this which oh, is make decisions that are in the best interest of you breaking out of scarcity Ooh. Yes. And sometimes that may mean letting go of things that are keeping you down and not allowing you to flourish. Maybe it is about being selfish in your decisions so that you can be able to build towards better. Um, Is it really being selfish, though? It's not. It's not. But focusing on yourself is important. But people will tell you, you know, oh, you're selfish because you're choosing security. And you should, because when you're down bottom low, oh, ain't nobody gonna help you, no, no. (laughs) Bottom down low, ain't gonna give you a line, (laughs) ain't gonna give you a sign, ain't gonna give you a ladder to climb. Can I just say this? If I'm gonna give myself 10% and giving you 90, what does that say? It says that you are neglecting yourself there we go neglection (laughs) all right all right but on a serious note yes take care of yourself understand the way scarcity has shown up in your life and others 
lives around you Mm -hmm. and process healthy ways to maneuver going forward for your security, for your well-being, for your peace, more importantly, for that strong foundation that's needed to live life with ease. You're walking on shaky ground. Mmm. Wait a minute. So, what have you been watching that has made you go, wait a minute? What everybody else has been watching. Cat Williams? (laughs) Yeah. You're a fool. No, no, no. I just wanted, like, let me tell you something. There was, everybody said there was some one-liners on there that people gonna run to the ground because shit was funny. And they should. And they should. It, it was really giving I think you gotta work on the I didn't wanna go up that high I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna have I lost my voice last time No you gotta just you can just go low It's a lower octave that's all okay, I didn't wanna do all that A little shit like that. Okay. All right. Like that. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody been glued to that screen watching that. People have rewatched it not once but twice, but about three times. Mm-hmm. And I will say, at the start of the new year, I think it's quite hilarious how back to back to back to back, motherfuckers are spitting. You know, yeah. it's just a lot of things that we remember. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, yo, I, I'm like, yo, is 2024 gonna be a good year? this year start off Hollywood sweet ass, you know? <laughs> but uh, Kat said what Kat needed to say. Kat is also one of my fave comedians. Um, although, I think that there's a lot of things that have been needed to be processed. And uh, quite frankly, amongst us all in all of our lives and our own individual chapters. But I think he uh, spoke a lot of truth to power. You know, my favorite thing is clearly y'all keeping these gates. Clearly. You know, that is my favorite quote. And I'm going to be reiterating that shit over and over and over again. There's a lot of timeless things that can speak to one's individual peace. Mm-hmm. And um, already on social media, it's a testimony of, uh, of a bunch of quotes that you can use. Uh, and I think that's a great way to set the year. You pull inspiration and figure out what resonates and how it applies to your path in life and your human experience. Why do I always do the It's because back in the day, a lot of theme songs. Wide mouth. (laughs) Strong neck, wide mouth. Back in the day, that's how folks used to, (laughs) that's how they used to close out. And it's like, yo, you know, you could close out a song without doing that. You could do all of that, right? But then they got motherfuckers like ODB. And it's just like, you know, it's just. Can we just say. understand how the things call it? That was not a song that a kid should be, should have been singing. Because I was singing that as a kid. Yeah, but. Not knowing what you were talking about. For you as a kid, it could have been about vegetables. You know what I'm saying? Instead of you liking it cooked, you like them raw. Throw a little season on it. I like to eat carrots, not cooked. I like to eat broccoli that's hard. You know, I like to eat cauliflower that's not cooked with motherfucking ranch. 
Ooh, baby, I like it raw. Yeah, I do. Shimmy, shimmy, yo, shimmy, yo, shimmy, yay. Give me that rent so I can say, hey, hey. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's all. That's all. We should. There's a lot of shit we shouldn't have been saying as kids. Yeah. Like, we go, you know I want to go there. Okay, now. Now that's motherfuckers yeah. who be doing too much. Yeah. You know? But. We love them anyway. We love them anyway. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to pull from Cat. Um, and I think there will be a lot more to pull. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to call out, call in. Sometimes people have been hit so much, been kicked so down. People have been creating their own narratives about what folks got going on, what's going on, what's not going on. Okay? Oh, yeah. If you know where that's from, you know where that's from. All you need was a harmonica as things were being said. Oh, you wanna you wanna go into oh you wanna fuck it up and go with the Yeah. Here is our chance to make it. Girl, at this point, wait a minute, y'all, very short. We're gonna keep it in. That yeah. is what it is. Okay. <laughs> Till next time.